G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, one of our regular catch-ups is with James McPherson, independent journalist, political commentator and host of the Sky News program, The Late Debate. James, a special welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Great to be with you. Hey, James, I have been passionately following the Matildas and uh, through to uh, the quarterfinals, now on to a semi-final tomorrow night. In fact, it seems to be one of those sporting events that the nation just has been captivated by. Yeah, I mean, the response has been incredible. The television ratings have been amazing. And uh, you're right, everybody is talking about women's soccer that has never happened before but it's certainly happened now and uh, it'll change the face of women's sport in this country no doubt in fact politicians are now scrambling over each other to uh, provide extra funding in budgets for uh, women's sport so it's more than just a football game it uh, it has implications for women's sport in this country going forward that's how significant the event has been. Now, it's interesting because we're going to talk about uh, whether we ought to have a public holiday here, but just to get a reflection or two from you here, because as you say, perhaps at no other time has women's sports risen to the surface like this. I mean, let's uh, come to the reality. Actually, we're coming into final season for the AFL and the NRL. There's some other major sporting uh, achievements that have been happening around the place. But all of a sudden, women's sport has just risen to the surface here. Something has captured the nation's imagination. Any thoughts from you on what might it be that is driving that capture? Yeah, there's a few things that are driving it. I mean, one is a purely commercial interest. The AFL and the NRL have put a lot of money into the women's competition. And the reason for that is because they want to encourage families to go to the football, become members of the football to watch football on television because that all generates advertising revenue. So obviously, if you're just appealing to little boys, that's one thing. But if you're appealing to boys and girls, well, now you've got population-wide coverage and that's going to help you with your um, broadcasting rights, with your advertising revenue. So from a purely commercial point of view, it's good business to promote women's sport because you're going to get young girls involved. But also it comes to that cultural moment where we're, we've seen an emphasis on women's issues generally for quite some time now. And, uh, you know, one of the last uh, bastions of, of um, men's uh, things that women haven't been involved in is things like uh, football. So we've got, now got women playing rugby league, women playing AFL and uh, the World Cup soccer. Uh, for women, um, which is huge. And it's, I mean, it's not on par with the men's competition by any means, but it's generating, um, you know, huge coverage locally and around the world. When it comes to politics, uh, the Prime Minister, the New South Wales Premier, Chris Minns, uh, putting themselves out there and saying, uh, let's have a public holiday if the Matildas win the World Cup. 
Uh, is this yeah. something, do you think, um, you know, there is a possibility we might make and even win the final? There's a strong possibility we won't make the final or win the final. Uh, is this something, do you think, that there's something in, in the politics here from the Prime Minister and from the New South Wales Premier around the thought of a public holiday for the Matildas win? Well, look, before we get on to the motivation from politicians, I would say um, on, on behalf of the Matildas, the last thing you want is Albanese backing you for a win because typically whatever Albanese backs doesn't go that well. So I fear he may have jinxed our girls and he should just keep quiet and don't talk about a public holiday until they actually win. In fact, that was the position of the South Australian Premier when uh, he was speaking to the media yesterday. He said, I'm not even contemplating a public holiday. I don't want to jinx them. And I think the, the biggest jinx you can have, and I, I know we typically don't believe in those things, Neil, because we believe God is provident. But if you're going to believe in jinxes, I tell you what, the Albanese government backing you is the last thing you need. But um, the reason why politicians would want to suddenly, you know, uh, hitch their wagon to the Matilda's star is because, I mean, interest rates are through the roof. No one can afford their groceries. You can't pay your rent if you're lucky enough to find somewhere to rent in the first place. Um, we've got all sorts of um, division over the voice to parliament, which I know you'll be talking about in the next segment. Uh, so politicians are really keen on a diversion that will uh, get everybody distracted and thinking about something else. And what better than uh, our girls winning uh, the International Football World Cup? Um, it's a wonderful distraction and our politicians want to eke out every last drop they can from this achievement if indeed it does happen in the next week. You know, when we talk about the sorts of times we are going through, and some are coasting, but lots are under the pressure of rising cost of living, these can be considered hard times for a lot of individuals and for a lot of families. Uh, reflecting yeah. back to the great Don Bradman, and his cricketing prowess, uh, the way that he was able to almost single-handedly motivate a nation when they were going through tough times to be a distraction from those tough times, uh, even though you've got to, you know the Prime Minister and Premiers involved here, is there something, you think, where the imagination of a nation can be captured by a sporting team that just takes our minds off? the tough times that some of us are going through. Any thoughts here? Oh, no doubt. You're absolutely right. And this is one of the wonderful things about sport is that it does create a diversion. I'm not saying we don't need the diversion. What I don't like is the cynical attitude of politicians who then jump on the bandwagon and use it for their own purposes, particularly when the tough times you're talking about are created by our political class and then... They, um, they want to jump on the limelight of the Matildas, claim some of the glory and uh, give everyone a public holiday and receive for it plaudits as if they've done something wonderful when all they've really done is said, look over here, look over here, so we don't notice the mess they're making of the country. But back to your original point, yes, that's one of the great benefits of sport, that we're able to escape uh, the humdrum and the difficulty of normal life and get lost in the uh, achievements and... Uh, and skill of other people. Just on that, though, that's another reason why it's so offensive when you do go to the football or the cricket or the tennis and they wave political slogans in your face, whether it's welcome to country or whether it's vote yes in the referendum or whether it's uh, pride round in the football, because people do use sport as an escape. But increasingly, we're seeing the politicisation of sport 
which is bad for the community because it provides an outlet, a release, an escape from the humdrum of normal life. But when you can't go to the football without politicians and activists using that occasion to further hammer their message of social justice or or some political message, then there literally is no escape. And um, so that's why we, we want sport, but we want sport free of politics and activism. In fact, hearkening back to Bob Hawke, uh, back in, must have been 1983, the America's Cup win, and uh, his own exuberance uh, was, you know, you might even champion that that's the way a Prime Minister ought to be exuberant about the win of an Australian uh, sporting team uh, like uh, we did there in... uh, uh, in the America's Cup. Uh, so there is a certain sense in which we want to hear from our political leaders, uh, but we don't want to actually uh, have what is being said uh, just the foundation for a politicisation of the sport. Is there a danger of anything like that happening when you've got the Prime Minister and the New South Wales Premier offering a public holiday? I think the difference between Hawke and Albanese is that Hawke was loved. Uh, Albanese is, um, well... You know, I'll be I'll be kind and say the jury is out. The country right now is not going great, and so people are, including myself, quite cynical about his attempt to to jump on board the Matildas hype. I think it was quite different with Bob Hawke. But the other thing we're seeing is that Anthony Albanese really does want his moment in history. Um, you know, uh, when it comes to Indigenous affairs, the the voice. Uh, you know, it, it's his opportunity to make a difference in history and forever be remembered. Um, some of the uh, no campaigners have described the referendum as Anthony Albanese's vanity project. Um, and here he is seemingly trying to do the same thing with the Women's World Cup, where it doesn't become about Sam Kerr. It becomes about Anthony Albanese. I noticed his Twitter account was filled with photographs of himself hugging players, high-fiving kids, uh, standing out on the field uh, beside people with tears in their eyes. You you almost thought Anthony Albanese had kicked the winning penalty, not one of our ladies. And uh, so, but I think, I don't think it's a danger. I think the public is smart enough to see what's happening. And uh, I think most people can see straight through it. Let's come back to this question. Should we have a public holiday if the Matildas win the World Cup? Uh, I know there's a divided community over this because it seems to be that the business community, or if you're the boss and you're responsible for meeting budget this week, uh, you're probably not in favour of having a public holiday. But if you're a worker, you're thinking, this is pretty fabulous if we get a public holiday just because the Matildas win. Uh, What are your thoughts here? Should we have a public holiday? Yeah, Anthony Albanese is proposing to fine small business owners if Australia wins the World Cup. That's the reality because Australia uh, won the quarterfinal on a penalty shootout, but business owners know all about penalties because they'll be paying penalty rates if a public holiday is declared. So they've got to make a decision. Do we pay people not to work or do we pay our staff double time and a half to open our doors and trade on a public holiday? So our politicians want all the kudos without any of the cost. And uh, small business have come out in response to the suggestion of a public holiday and said, hey, listen, we love the Matildas. We're so proud of what they're achieving. But this is not the time to give everybody the day off when we're already struggling under the cost of labour, high interest rates, 
um, inflation. Uh, and now you want, on top of all that, to have a public holiday so that, you know, politicians can uh, somehow claim some of the credit or some of the glory for what the Matildas have done on the field. Peter Dutton came out yesterday and uh, he said, look, rather than support a public holiday, why don't we put $250 million into sporting facilities for girls across the country? That's a much better investment than penalising small business so that everyone can have a day. Um, By all means, have a ticker tape parade, organise it on a Saturday or whatever, but don't put the cost on small business. The other thing that's not been considered is what about people who've got elective surgery booked in for whatever day the government suddenly declares a public holiday? All of a sudden, all of their plans are shot. What about people who have planned weddings, all those kinds of things? And, and the other point, Neil, is if we're going to have a public holiday for the Matildas, well, just last week, the Diamonds, our national netball team, they won the Netball World Cup, no public holiday. What about the women's cricketers? They won the Ashes just recently in England. Not an easy thing to do. No public holiday for them. Um, at what point... Do we celebrate our sports people without penalising small business so that politicians can have their moment in the sun? That's the real question. Well, the the suggestion about sporting facilities, and I think you attribute that to the leader of the opposition, uh, Peter Dutton. Uh, Interestingly, with all of those women's sporting achievements, they could all be recognised if there was some special announcement around that. And that leads us to this thought of women being acknowledged. Uh, The fact that these Matildas and the Diamonds, and our cricketers, they are all doing amazing things. There's something special in this, and I'm, I'm not sure whether, uh, you know, uh, how, how you approach these sorts of things, but isn't it good to see women achieving amazing things because they are, in fact, role models for our young girls and our young women who are, uh, you know, assuming their role in society? And so uh, there's something pretty special about that. Thoughts from you, James? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got two sons. I don't have daughters. But if I did have daughters, I would be thrilled with the fact that, you know, if they aspire to whether it's cricket or football or netball or uh, whatever it is they want to play, that there are now pathways for them to enjoy that um, as a pastime, as a hobby. And if they're really good, then um, there's the potential they might be able to make a living out of it. I think everyone supports that. And uh, as I said, if you've got daughters... Um, you'd be thrilled with that. It's another option for them uh, if that's what they want to do with their lives and if that's the gift that God's given them. Is there a possibility that promising a public holiday uh, for a sporting win uh, in fact cheapens what you might think of as a public holiday? Uh, Given that holiday uh, comes from that sort of expression about holy days and, you know, we recognise Christmas Day or Good Friday, Easter Sunday. These are days that on the Christian calendar, these are holy days and there is something special about having a public holiday on those days. Uh, what are your thoughts here around sport? I mean, sports like an, a religion in Australia too. So maybe it's the secularised religious day that you have, uh, having a public holiday for a sporting win. Uh, thoughts from you around, you know, is there a religious dimension in there? See, this is why I like talking to you, Neil, because you just hit the nail on the head. I'll give you an example. Uh, Good Friday, um, it's only recently that football codes have started to play games on Good Friday because that was a holy day. But increasingly, as our culture becomes secular, 
um, you know, a, a holiday for Jesus dying on the cross is irrelevant to most of the population. And so that has now uh, been given over to, well, we're going to play football. Um, so Jesus gets no mention on Good Friday, but football gets played. Compare that with, say, Anzac Day, where uh, a holy hush descends on the Melbourne cricket ground with 100,000 people packed in to watch a football game, but not before they take a moment to um, honour our fallen soldiers, which is entirely appropriate and right. But the reverence that you see that used to be reserved for religious occasions has now been transferred to things like national defence and national sporting achievements. So you've absolutely hit the nail on the head. And um, we're, we're pretty divided about our history. So, you know, a holiday for um, uh, the British settlement of Australia. Uh, we're very divided over whether we should have a, a day uh, on January 26th to celebrate that. Even Anzac Day has become a little bit contentious because of pacifists saying it's not right that we, uh, you know, celebrate or mark war. Uh, but sporting achievements, we all agree on that. It's one of the few things that we do agree on. And so that has become the focus when it comes to holidays. You're quite right. Well, I'm not sure we've resolved uh, in the minds of listeners. Uh, should we have a public holiday if the Matildas win the World Cup? Uh, some will be saying, yes, of course we should. Others will be saying, of course we should not. And look at the costs associated. But James McPherson, great insights today. Thank you so much. James is an independent journalist, political commentator. He's also host of the Sky News program, The Late Debate. You can connect with James and, in fact, receive articles in your email inbox or on your social media jamesmcpherson.substack.com you can subscribe it's absolutely free jamesmcpherson.substack.com uh, also keep an eye out for james book woketopia laying bed the lunacy of woke culture james thanks so much for great insights once again today on 2020 thanks so much neil Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.